Welcome to Feeling Asian, a podcast where two Asians talk about their feelings. I'm Young Me Mayor. And I'm Brian Park. And let's do our Patreon shout outs. Let's do it. Before we introduce our guest. Okay, Young Me, are you ready for our first Patreon shout out this yes. week? Now, we mixed up the format a little bit. So we're going to, are we going to stick with how much, two, oh. two guesses on how much money they make? Yeah. And then the last, the third Patreon shout out is their sex style. Okay. Okay. So Patreon shout out number one. He only gave us a first name. Okay. Lawful adult level, Roberto. Oh my God. That's so hot. I, I know of somebody named Roberto. I wonder if that's him. How much money extremely, do you think he makes? He's extremely attractive. Oh wait, we're not doing it with the money. Um, <laughs> extremely attractive, but very poor. Oh uh, yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with poor because there's too hot. They spend all their money on performance enhancing steroids uh, oh so roberto yes. is just a gym rat who yes, spends yes. who has poor budgeting skills and <laughs> spends all of his money on what is that protein powder kerosene no keratin Le- illegally that he bu- buys off the black market his steroid <laughs> shots okay roberto um despite your frivolous spending habits on gym supplements we appreciate your donation Thank to you. our patreon <laughs> and our second patreon shout out goes to chaotic baby level joseph Huang. and chaotic baby is how much again five dollars i believe it's 10 oh okay that's a lot of money so i think he's also poor because only <laughs> poor people are generous and rich people like we've discussed, they don't give any money to anybody. Well, we did say that Roberto is poor and he is the lawful adult, which is our lowest level. Oh, no. Okay, so that Robert- changes things. Oh, that changes. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're going to stick with Roberto. You're just generous, but also you're spending too much money on gym supplements. <laughs> Joseph Huang. Also poor. I think every everyone that donates to a Patreon, that's so kind and generous <laughs> that they can't possibly be wealthy people because wealthy people are stingy. Yes. And they're like every $3 they're saving. And they're voting for Donald Trump. Yeah. And they're terrible. Okay. So it's it sounds like an insult, but for us saying that you're poor is actually the highest compliment. So Joseph, thank you. Thank you. For your donation. <laughs> Now, our last Comrade. shout out for today. Yeah. This is where your psychic abilities come in. Oh, the sex thing. Okay. We're guessing their sex style. Okay, Lawful baby level. Kyoko Yamamura. Oh, I also know somebody named Kyoko. I wonder if that's her. <laughs> and I feel like she's a freak. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that's her, but I, don't, I forgot her last name. No, that's not her last name. So it must be somebody else. I'm still going with freak. She's a freak? Yeah. Mm. Freak. You know uh, the Me- Megan the Stallion song? Freak? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to guess that Kyoko is a freak. Yeah. But she hasn't been able to find a partner who's down for her freakiness. She's still on they the process of exploration up? and discovery. So they can't keep up. They can't keep up. Yeah. Like she's into humiliating men. Oh, wow. And that gets her off. Okay. And yeah, dudes, yeah, yeah. I dudes, can see that. And the I dudes, feel she that. just keeps going on dates with are too have too fragile of an ego to handle it. Do you feel like these are just like you projecting all your insecurities onto other people? 
All right, guys. Uh, thank you for <laughs> donating to our Patreon. <laughs> we use all of your donations to reinvest into the operations of this podcast. If you are interested in helping us grow, please donate to patreon.com slash feelingasian. <laughs> and yes, I am projecting 100,000% onto these. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's get, let's introduce our guests because... Today's guest, well, I'm, I'm always excited about any guests that we have because they're all so awesome and always Asian. What? What? A place for us. We made our own space, Asians. Um, anyways, so anyway, <laughs> this guest, I really, really like her. She's a personal friend of mine. I've known her for a long time. Um, she is a interdisciplinary artist. Mm-hmm which just means that you have to follow her on social media because everything that she posts is fucking amazing. Everyone, give us your ears and listen up for Yumi Sakugawa. <laughs> Yay, thanks for having me, Brian and Yagmi. <laughs> it's an honor to be here. I'm so excited. We're so that excited. You're here. Me too. I'm sorry. I f- <laughs> we bungled that intro. Uh, we, I did, Brian. I'm taking the fall for that. I was jambling around. Uh, no, I'm into humiliation. We bungled it. Yeah, it was mostly Brian. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Oh my God. I'm such a big I, fan I of your it. work. It's a new moon in Libra and it's a Mercury retrograde. So let's, let's do this. Can Holy you tell us shit. what that means? What does that mean? Um, so Mercury yeah. retrograde means it's stereotyped with a period where there's a lot of miscommunications, exes mm. resurface out of the woodwork. Wow. <laughs> um, <gasps> your car might break Total down. Chaos. Your travel plans wow. might be canceled. Um, but wow. But the good thing about Mercury retrograde is because plans may go in disarray it's a good time to do the re's which is review reassess reflect so to sort of just like look backwards and contemplate on your past before uh the planet mercury starts moving forward again so it's sort of a um a scenic pause before you get back on the road that can be a little chaotic um can't have oh. miscommunications, but that's okay. Wow. It's for greater greater <laughs> wisdom if if you do it right. You know what's crazy? Uh, this whole week, there's just been like this phrase in my head that's been like, kind of like I keep hearing it, which is I feel like this whole week has been like the circle closing mm. or like Ooh. things are like these circles keep closing. And I kept thinking that and I, that makes so much sense. All these things are closing up. <laughs> you know what I mean? This whole week, I've just or been retur- listening returning. to Kayaita by Bad Bunny on repeat. <laughs> there you go. You're doing the RE. <laughs> the RE. You're really, Let's go. You're doing it, Brian. Well, Yumi, before we shine the spotlight on you, Youngmi, how are you feeling? Oh, it's fucking horrible, man. Oh, fuck. I feel like trash. Mercury is in retrograde. Seriously. How, how can it get worse? It's just getting worse and worse. What, what's, hap- it? what's happening? It's just, I don't know. You just Everything feel like, sucks. Everything sucks. I feel extremely chaotic. I have nothing fucking to say. When is this, when is life gonna, there is no more normal, huh? <laughs> no. There's no more normal. <laughs> But, you know, Brian, we were talking about this, I feel like maybe last time or a few episodes ago, Uh and you brought it up when I came to the apartment. 
you mean maybe you're feeling this, but like, because everything is so chaotic, I was telling Brian a few episodes ago, like I need like the instant gratification. And like, I find myself doing these like very chaotic, uh, not dangerous, but like sort of like risky behaviors. So I can like get a little like dopamine fix, you know, yeah, in dating, um, sexually. And then also, <laughs> also, but like, you know, with little things like eating, you know, when I want to go eat something now, it has to be like, like a fried chicken sandwich it has to be like so explosively delicious. You know, it has to be like cheese dakbukki or something. It can't just, I can't eat like a boring salad. You know, I need everything to like make me feel happy or everything has to be like extreme, you know? Yeah. Oh my God. I'm totally so with you. Um, when I do my quarantine yeah. cooking, every meal has to be an epic meal. That's like, yeah. Oh, I would Let's make it go. for an anniversary for a theoretical husband, but it's like <laughs> all the time. It's like a pot roast. It's like beef Wellington or something. That's what I imagine for some reason. Just straight up pecking duck. Yeah, or like a steak or like a scallop mushroom risotto or... Wow. Holy shit. So hungry. <laughs> that sounds... I'm... That, oh, I want that. Yeah, and even like yeah, breakfast. So I guess it's yeah. like, oh my gosh, I'm going to make um an omelet with truffle oil and prosciutto on what? top. What? Um, <laughs> prosciutto. We can just do that? Yes. Italian, yes, they you call can. that prosciutto. You can just put brajute on your omelet what? Oh, truffle oil I, what we that's can so buy fancy. that yeah so that's, that's what i mean though. so you so you know how i'm feeling right you may just like i know exactly has to be how fucking i know exactly yeah. how you feel too. and i just want to tell a really funny sex story Let's I hear was, it. I, i'm not going to give you any details but i was in the same bed as a couple that was having sex that's all I'm going to say. And then at one point, the guy reached over and gave me a high five. And I was like, sick, bro. <laughs> How? W- what? Was Isn't this supposed so to be a threesome? How did I don't, you end I up? I don't in, even know what was supposed to happen. How did you end happened. up in this? What? I'm not going to tell you. But <laughs> but then the best part, what made me laugh, I was like, cry laughing, mm-hmm. was he gave me a high five. And then the girl said, this is not a high five moment. <laughs> <laughs> I was dying. I was literally like snot was blowing out of my nose. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> I don't know. That's what, this is what I'm talking about. That's the prosciutto omelet. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's like what I'm doing. So, Cause I can't sit in this fucking shitty feeling all the time. Brian, how are you feeling? I'm going through the same exact feeling as you're feeling. It was actually Brian that gave me the high five. <laughs> 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 yeah, young me. She hasn't texted me back since that night. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I didn't leave. <laughs> it just got awkward and I, I didn't know, know what to I go. Told, I told young me the podcast is over. You need to leave. And she's like, no, the bed is comfortable. I'm staying. I don't give a fuck if I you was, fuck on this bed. <laughs> it's cold outside. No, I'm just kidding. That did um, not happen. Brian and I have very healthy boundaries that we set. We don't do things like that. Yeah. So for me... Uh, I feel like I'm such a hypocrite on this podcast because I think if you can track how I feel every three weeks, it's just like clockwork. It's a pendulum that swings back and forth between lawfulness and chaos. And this past week, I feel my brain has been hungry for dopamine and I've been more impulsive than I've than I usually am. And wow. I've just been indulging in it. 
Mm-hmm. And in a sense, I feel like I'm a little bit underwater. Everything feels underwater. Yeah. And so I'm like trying to zap my brain with more dopamine by engaging in more and more impulsive behaviors. And mm. that's how I've been feeling this past week. So like, whatever, <sighs> fuck it, you know, sliding in the DMs. You want to meet up tonight? Let's do it. I don't give a shit. Like, I just it's posted, just yeah. excitement. I'm just trying to inject excitement into my life. I just posted the most chaotic <laughs> thirst trap on Maine. Uh, it was chaotic to the point where you had to put emojis to censor yourself. To censor the nipples. <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing? I don't know. I have, I have say, since both of us said the same thing, I just yeah. want to say just a reminder to us. Let's not feel ashamed, Brian. Oh, I'm. there's no shame. I'm okay. into it. I just feel like I'm just a lot of times tired. I feel shame. I'm kind of tired, a little sleep deprived, but I'm into it though. Well, I guess I'm just reminding myself not to be ashamed because you know what? We need to soothe ourselves. This is a stressful time. And sometimes you need to high five a couple in the middle of when they're having sex. And sometimes you need to post a very, very thirsty thirst trap. Thirsty. Yumi, how are you feeling? Oh my gosh. Well, I feel great after hearing both of you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, you're like my life is so in control compared to you. <laughs> I got I, no I, I mean I, Holy shit. I, I, I mean in the sense that um, <laughs> I mean in the sense that I think I'm just so hungry for human interaction I was like really excited for this podcast interview like <laughs> I, I showered I put on lipstick and a cute outfit just so I can have you know, capture that dopamine high of, ooh, I'm going to see a friend. And, um, like, that sort of pre-quarantine normalcy that yeah. we just don't yeah. have anymore. Um, but in general, for this week, yeah, I think similarly, I, I've just been so distracted. I've been on Instagram a lot. And earlier in quarantine, I took this Instagram sabbatical. So I thought, Mm. oh, cool. I've retrained my brain to not be such an Instagram hoe anymore. But no, those, all those habits just came roaring back. So this is crazy timing because I just started deleting a lot of my social media apps off my phone because I'm trying to take this sabbatical off of social media. And I found that in lieu of that, I'm doing this chaotic like texting mm. to like make up for that lack yes. of dopamine I'm mm-hmm. getting from my socials. Mm-hmm. Is that something that that happened to you too, in some sense? Yes. Um, so I've generally phased out from Facebook and Twitter. So, oh, that's so good. Instagram is my main vice. So there was maybe a four week window when I was not on Instagram at all, but. Wow. But <laughs> I was just like, like you said, Brian, I was texting a lot more and also just reading dumb shit on the internet more. But, <laughs> but that was still more grounding than being on Instagram somehow. Mm. So it, it was still Definitely. an improvement. When you were taking an Instagram break, because I mean, I, I asked this because I use Instagram as like a main form of um, communicating my art now and mm-hmm. my comedy because I don't have performing anymore. We've talked about this before, but yeah. I, I also noticed that you also use Instagram a lot for to communicate your art. Right. Right. 
So taking a sabbatical from that, did, did it feel like you, did you feel like you were being not as productive or did you have any of those feelings? I think it's just part of the creative process where uh, one friend put it as you have the inhale period and the exhale period. And the exhale period is when you're bringing out the output. So if it could be comedy shows or an art opening or the, the part where you're doing the public facing aspect of your art, which is the promotion and the actual thing. And then the inhale, I think it's when you need to be introspective and kind of shut off all the public facing stuff so you can go inward and actually work on your craft. So I don't see it as a liability that's hurting my art process. I think it's actually just a necessary part of the process that needs to happen to to stay sane. Wow, that is like so insightful. Yeah, like the quiet part where you're like building your craft. I don't have that. I just like barf out things that I think <laughs> of that second on Twitter. I'm like, yeah. this is funny. I mean, a lot of what you just said echoes this book that I'm reading right now called Digital Minimalism, where um, the author, he's a, he's a computer science professor at Georgetown, and he said that because of social media, we have no more solitude. And that's like what you're saying is like, we need to inhale and have make some space for solitude to look inward and channel that energy into more reflective art. Whereas right now we're kind of like vomiting publicly constantly. Yeah. I keep just making this same dumb bitch joke over and over again. I'm like, <laughs> this is funny. I'm a comedian. <laughs> well, Yumi, can I... So I'm going to just read this a passage that you posted. A passage sounds so churchy. <laughs> like I'm going to read something that you posted on Instagram because I'm a big fan of your work. Okay, I'm going to read it. It is, what is your first memory of shrinking yourself and dimming your own light in order to feel safe? When did you learn that you need the approval of others in order to survive, to avoid isolation, which feels like death? How does it feel in your body? If you could express that in a dance, what would it look like? For me... I imagine a child version of me begging with my eyes and body, always gauging the reaction of the audience judging me. Please like me. Am I good enough? Won't you please tell me that I'm worthy of being treated well? Please elevate my absolute value as a human from a negative to a positive so that I can finally stop dancing for your approval. I've been doing this frenetic dance my whole entire life and I'm tired. I'm imagining for myself a completely new choreography. I'm standing completely still. My gaze is inwards because I am protecting my inner child. The world dances around me instead. So this is like the kind of stuff that you can see on Yumi's page. Holy shit. Isn't that amazing? That's remarkable. I, wow. I, I feel like I go on your page and I read these like passages and I'm just like, yo, this is, that's how I feel. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh my God, I forgot I wrote that. And as I was listening to it, I was like, damn, that's intense. Um, <laughs> it's so um, beautiful. Thank no, you for I mean, reminding me was, of writing that, that, that I wrote that. Thanks for sharing that. <laughs> I, so the thing is, when I read like your passages, it's like, for me, um, I just feel like it really resonates with Asian people specifically, because like the thing about the shrinking yourself that I just read, I feel like that's such a common experience for, you know, Asian children. Yes. Yeah. That was like our whole upbringing was about shrinking and yes. diminishing yourself. And it's very common for also for women. Yes. Right. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then the desire thing also to me, I feel like it speaks 
to me as an Asian person because like you're not supposed to follow your desires. You're supposed to like do what other people tell you to do. I've I've come across your work, Yumi, on Instagram, and uh, it seems that illustration illustration is uh, was maybe like your first or primary uh, medium, and has this sort of like emotional. Uh, research or I guess this emotional through line been consistent in your work as an artist? Yeah, I want to say so. I think it's always been about exploring I think the space between people and also internal space and the desire to be understood. So And then also I dealt with depression and really low self-esteem and complex PTSD and um, hard family dynamics like many Asian people. And so I feel like, I feel like there's just always been this ongoing exploration of wanting to, wanting to sit with difficult emotions and wanting to unravel things that are, hard to pinpoint in immediate terms. Did that always come naturally to you? Like having to excavate these darker, more difficult emotions internally Mm. in order to challenge art that's consumed publicly? I think I've always been a pretty emo, dark kid (laughs) who like (laughs) really... Really Elliot like Smith, baby. Yeah, or like Tim Burton. That was my jam growing up, mm. and and so I feel like I've just always been drawn to that sort of heavy, heavy emotional stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think it's actually uh, harder for me maybe to sort of do things that are very cheerful. <laughs> I think yeah. I think it's, I think sort of the the heavy excavation has come easily to me because I was such an introverted shy kid who read a lot of books Mm. so I think like going inward and excavating hard feelings that was easier for me than say fitting in and being a sociable person at a party (laughs) I relate to that so hard right I feel like yeah, I also I'm always like because like even my comedy is always like pretty dark and I'm and people are I'm like what why can't I just write jokes about toothpaste or something? You know, I love your jokes, <laughs> young me. Childhood I love abuse. them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like I'm so dark, but I I'm sort of like that's the shit that motivates me to create for some reason. So I feel like I really relate to you on that level, and I feel like maybe it's because we're Sagittarius. <laughs> Sagittarius. Yes. Oh my gosh. Sag gang. I, I don't know your sign, Brian. What is your sign? I am an Aries. Oh, oh we should have had you guess. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Isn't it? Do you, Brian such an Aries? Do Sorry. you guys know your rising and moon sign? I do. Do you, do you know? Yeah, I have a lot of Aquarius. Oh my gosh, like me too. But the other thing I want to ask you is how Asian are you, Yumi? Um, I, I, I feel very Asian because even though I know that this podcast is going to be consumed in audio form, I, I made a point to sort of clean <laughs> my space so that my background <laughs> wouldn't look messy, stacked with Amazon boxes. Um, I wear house slippers 
in my home, and uh, I I like to drink hot water with lemon juice, like an old Asian lady. <laughs> and uh, shout out to hot water with lemon. Yeah, that is the drink. yeah that shit is it, it's it's slaps. It's great. Um, <laughs> and um, recently, I bought one of those back uh, like those those seat things that you put on your office chair to help with your posture so i'm like i thought oh. you were gonna say electric back to- massager <laughs> <laughs> i thought you were gonna say like those beaded car seat covers Ooh. <laughs> i'm gonna get it. that next because that sounds amazing too <laughs> i thought you were gonna say, i thought you were gonna say back massager i was like yeah i want that too no Right? You know when you walk into someone's apartment, there's like a back massager, like the electric one. You're like, an Asian person lives here. Yeah, and my back always hurts. So so there you go. I'm very Asian. Um, growing up, did your parents... <laughs> back always hurts. <laughs> so I'm very Asian. <laughs> growing up, did your parents always foster this sense of emotional expression? Like, was it a house that you, you kind of like encouraged that in each other? No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, short answer, no. Next question, please. <laughs> Did you not listen? I said I'm very Asian, Brian. <laughs> no. Um, so I think that's how my, I, I think my art then was just an outlet for the pressure cooker of not being able to express emotions um, openly. Growing up, did your parents like instill in you like, something about being quiet about those emotions or being like not expressive? I I feel like I was shamed for crying too much. Mm. Yes. <laughs> Shouts. Yes. yes. To this day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Never ends. Um and yeah, I feel like I just was it wasn't really a safe space for me to have emotional outbursts or to be really mm. upset or yeah, to have extreme emotions that would make me stand out. I mean, what what did your parents do when you had emotional, like, when you were being emotional? Were they angry or what, what was that? Yeah, don't do that. You need to stop that. Right. Or you, that's, that's inappropriate. Yeah. Or think about other my- people. <laughs> yeah, think about, they don't want to see you crying. That's going to upset them. I'm just kidding. That my mom would make fun of me. I feel like that pro- that that sounds familiar too. Where it's like, oh, you're such a crybaby. Um. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And do they know? Like, are they familiar with your work now? And what do they think of it? They like my work. They they do appreciate my work. Um, mm-hmm. That being mm-hmm. said, I think it's a lot easier for them to appreciate my work because I'm not financially unstable like I used to be. <laughs> ah. <laughs> so I, I feel like if if either uh, I was financially stable or I was doing this, this artwork as a hobby and I had a financially stable job, it's fine. But I think if this was my only source of income and I was doing it, it it would just be tinged with worry and yeah, uh, mm-hmm. just just kind of yeah. I think it would just 
be hard for them to wholeheartedly embrace what I'm doing because I think there would just be this constant question of like uh what are you doing (laughs) Mm. was it hard for you like when you were first starting out in your career before you were like making you know like making ends meet was it hard for you to get like feel supported from your parents I think so um that being said one thing I will give my parents credit for is that uh I I don't I never had the whole tiger mom phenomenon. I, mm. I it wasn't that my parents ever pressured me to become a doctor or a lawyer. Um, they were really right. nurturing about my creative interests. Like they they would always buy me art supplies, and they did encourage me to draw and mm-hmm. and so and so that was never censored. Um, and so I feel like I feel like they're their wish for me career-wise was just, okay, so long as you are able to support yourself, you should, you should do whatever. And, um, yeah, I feel like in the beginnings when I was having the inkling of the idea of wanting to do comics, wanting to do illustration, I think I sort of was in the artist's closet where when my parents would ask me, what do you want to do? I would just be like, oh, uh, I don't know, but... (laughs) I want to be an account manager. Oh my God. Yeah, I was working at an internet startup Account manager. (laughs) And I was like, "Uh, I don't know. I'm just going to keep doing this. I'm still figuring it out. Um, But secretly, I'm I'm like working on scenes and... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm just so passionate about sales yeah Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I just had this like flashback to when I was a kid and whenever my parents would ask me what I wanted to do just coming up with some bullshit lie really quick and just being like oh teacher or something so they would leave me alone oh my god you that I feel like this this Yo, I shameful have an, hiding <laughs> of what you really want to do is so Asian. Yeah. Yo, I have this <laughs> embarrassing ass story where oh in my middle it. school, we wore a uniform and every day, like no, every year we'd have one day where we were allowed to wear whatever we wanted. And that was on career day. So most of the kids wore like basketball jerseys or like football jerseys and yeah. said they wanted to be a pro athlete. But my mom and my sister, who is nine years older than me, told me you should be a you should wear a suit and tell everyone you want to be a corporate attorney. And I was like, yeah, I want to be a corporate attorney. So I fucking wore a three-piece suit to my sixth grade, like career day, career day free uniform day and just rolled up and told everyone I wanted to be a corporate lawyer. Wow. I would love to. I love that. It was a corporate lawyer. Like, because what, they what? make the most money and that's all that matters in the eyes of Asian parents. That is so funny. <laughs> You know what my dream is, mom? To be a corporate lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> I need to close this M&A deal, okay? <laughs> I, wish oh I, I wish I could have used that line as a kid. That would have been amazing. <laughs> you know what I mean? It does kind of make sense to me how you're, like you said, like you felt like you were in the artist closet in a sense and your upbringing had like a large impact on your work. And... Uh, lately, you know, uh, on your Instagram, I think the posts that really resonate with me are, I guess, in the, under the category of mindfulness. Mm-hmm. And mm. you provide these really, really insightful tips to remind us to kind of just take a step back, stop scrolling, engage with your content in a way that embraces mindfulness. And I'm curious, 
in the backdrop of the Asian upbringing you've had, are there certain mindfulness techniques or mantras that you find yourself revisiting? You know, it's funny. Um, I feel like <laughs> I feel like um, the principles of mindfulness, which I think a lot of what we know, it, it comes from Buddhism. Oh, the funny thing is, I, I <laughs> the funny thing is, I was in Japan after college. I was teaching English, and I was depressed out of my mind because I hated my job and I was terrible at teaching, and I didn't have access mm-hmm. to my medication, and I was just having a mental breakdown there. And my one of my colleagues, American colleagues, who um, also was a yoga teacher and also did mindfulness self-help things she was like oh you should read this book by Eckhart Tolle um which is all about being mindful and so I read that and then um my ex at the time he sent me David Lynch's audiobook Catching the Big Fish which is about Mm -hmm. how how he meditates to access his creativity so I I feel like I I got those meditation mindfulness resources through white guys. But I feel like as I got more into my mindfulness journey, um, Mm -hmm. I got to overlay into it more specific things that came from my background, like um, thinking of your ancestors and Mm. uh, sort of respecting the ritual of uh, creating intentional space. I feel like that sort Mm -hmm. of, came through more subliminally as I mm. uh, built my own mindfulness practice. That's so, you know, what? I have a interesting like relationship to Buddhism as well, because my entire family was Buddhist. Oh, wow. You know, but then my mom converted to Christianity, uh, the worst. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and so then uh, before I was born, and so I was raised going to Christian church. But the interesting thing is because my mom was raised Buddhist, Mm -hmm. she has like these very deeply ingrained like ideologies that she doesn't even know and that she would she passed down to me from Mm. Buddhism. And so, you know, when I like I've never really looked that much into Buddhism, but I just I just like whatever I've looked into, I'm like, oh, this is like shit that my mom sort of like talks about Mm -hmm. or has like always brought up with me. And like, even without her knowing, even though she considers herself a Christian, like her like deep seated ideas like come from Buddhism. So I have like a similar Mm -hmm. relationship where I'm like, this is my culture. And I do kind of know about it weirdly, but I also don't. That's so funny that you're in Japan reading these books by like... Yeah, by all these white guys. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I think the more I think about it on your question, Brian, um, I think... Though my immediate question was, oh, these white guys taught me about mindfulness <laughs> and meditation. Yeah. I think more and more, um, as we think on this question, I think I think the ideas of space and silence, yes, those do infuse my creative practice, definitely. Yeah, I think that's great. I, I mean, I was just curious because I, for myself, um, I've learned it through you know, therapy or just funny enough, like since on the topic of Buddhism, like books about Buddhism, where it's this irony in a sense that 
I place a lot of expectations on myself and partially just as a byproduct of how I was raised. And I think a lot of my stresses and anxieties come from that as a side effect of just being incredibly hard on myself and setting these lofty goals and expectations. And I have to constantly remind myself like, well, that's the central tenet of Buddhism. And we are basically dooming ourselves for a life of suffering by creating these expectations. Yeah. So we should just continue to chaotically have sex with strangers. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, that, that was my takeaway too. Yeah, me too. Yeah, okay, good. Good. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> it's, but you know, young me, yeah, it's yeah. like too no, much. No. It's like, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I just have a hard time ever really like relishing moments because mm. when I obtain certain things, I always find a way to trick my brain to think that's not enough. It's it's because you're not a corporate lawyer, I think, is what I'm also. <laughs> if you were a corporate spiraling. lawyer, you would have inner peace. And it's so interesting that there is that Buddhist teaching that's about no expectations, accepting the present, and yet the dysfunctions of Asian culture are so the opposite of that, mm. which is all mm. about expectations and never being satisfied with anything. <laughs> that is such a good point. Like what Brian just expressed is just how Koreans always feel all the time. <laughs> right? Like, you know what I think is interesting about like Korean culture? Because it's very like a lot of my, I, I'm not trying to, I hate it. I hate like generalizing, but a lot of Korean people will be like, oh, I, like if, I've, if I'm just rich, you know, if I was rich, like we have to work toward being rich and then we'll be, fi- we'll be fine. Yeah. But then look at the like richest Korean people, the daughter of Samsung committed suicide. You know, like they're miserable. It's yeah. like, even when you're that rich, they're like something about the culture, like won't allow them to like really enjoy, feel satisfied. I think that, I think it's like a big part of Asian culture. I think you're right. And good luck telling your mom that young me. But <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You're right, young me. Don't be like the daughter of Samsung. <laughs> It's just, yeah, I, I feel like that is a big part of Asian culture. Like you're not, you're never enough. Like it's like, you're never skinny enough, never rich enough. And according to my mom, I'm depressed you're now. never skinny enough. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally. Oh I talked about this last week because I like stopped eating for like five days when I was a teenager. Oh, Jesus. My mom was like, yeah, you're, you're almost there. I was oh like, my God. Oh my God, mom. <laughs> oh my God. I was, I was also remembering um, Brian, I think, in a, one of the previous episodes, you were saying how your parents say, like, oh, you're too skinny, you need to Eat gain more. weight. Yes. Or, or you're too tan. And um, so in addition to, like, oh, you're getting fat from my mom, um, <laughs> a, a thing that she, she said recently was that, um, so, so I used to have long blonde hair and then uh Uh during quarantine i think in a fit of depression and and, you know wanting that dopamine hit as we all discussed earlier i I shaved my head and as my hair was growing back um my mom was just like oh my gosh your hair is so black did you like dye it or something and and i'm just thinking (laughs) oh just just if it's not if it's not my weight, it's it's that my hair is like unusually black. Um. <laughs> you gave me this hair, mom. I I love when the mo- when our moms say something bad 
quote unquote about us. And I'm like, I've never even thought of that, but now I feel like shit about it. It's like, <laughs> your hair is so black. It's like, okay. Like, my mom will just say the weirdest shit like this. She's like, your color bones are crooked or something. And I'm like, yeah. oh shit, okay. Now I'm fucking gonna freak out about this for another week. Wait, Yumi, can I ask you a sort of personal question? Of Only course. because I feel like in this podcast, I, I, we, you know, obviously are just open about mental health mm-hmm. issues. Um, I just, I remember you said something about you couldn't access your medication in Japan. Are you on any medication or like what, for depression or anything like that? Is oh, that yeah. what you meant? Mm-hmm. I'm on antidepressants right now. Okay. I just, that, that, that just felt like useless that I asked you that. <laughs> no, I just feel like, um, I think I've talked about this before, but I just feel like there is stigma, obviously, right. in the mm-hmm. Asian community about mental health. And I just feel like it's very helpful to hear, you know, because we all, I don't know about Brian, but I've, I've been on antidepressants. Uh, and- no, I mean, this proves your point. I, I still, admittedly, I still hold that stigma and I've, I go to therapy, but I, from day one, I told my therapist, like, I don't want to be on any medication because I know that Deep inside, I probably do need it. Mm. I know my mental state. I know that I have depression, but I just can't bring myself to take it. Yeah. And I think that there are probably a lot of Asian listeners out there who feel the same as I do, where yeah. it's like, uh, there—it's a sliding scale, you know? Like, I'm comfortable with therapy, but being prescribed antidepressants is just like, to me, it feels like another step. And, you know, I have to just do a little bit more work and work to figure out why it is that I have such a block against it. Because I'll try every, I'll try anything before doing like the most Mm. obvious and simplest solution, which is here's a prescribed drug that is suited to your brain chemistry that is given to you by a medical professional. Brian, have you tried hypnotherapy? No, I haven't. Because when you, because as you were saying, I will try anything. That was sort of the first thought that flashed in my head. Like, will he try hypnotherapy? Um, have you done hypnotherapy? Yes, I Why? have. And I, I, oh, I, okay. I really, really uh, recommend it um, because uh-huh. it's about, because I think uh, with therapy, it's, it's of course really great as far as bringing your conscious beliefs, your self-limiting beliefs and attitudes to the surface and being able to mm. uh, acknowledge them and talk about family history and your feelings mm. and whatnot. Um, wow. But I think the limitation of that is that it's still operating in your conscious level but that's just the tip mm. of the iceberg and there's this yeah. whole other mm. submerged part of your consciousness that is pulling at the puppet strings of your conscious behavior and what hypnotherapy yeah. does is that it goes below the surface and Whoa. does some rewiring that may be much harder to do at a conscious level and so wow. uh there was um a period of time when I was just feeling really anxious and having a hard time sleeping and not feeling safe in my body. And yeah. I, I had a few hypnotherapy sessions and it, it really helped. And also in my twenties, uh, I had really, really mm-hmm. low self-esteem and I just knew that mm-hmm. it was sort of beyond my own capacity to outthink it or outsmart it mm-hmm. with my own 
conscious mental faculties. So I saw a hypnotherapist and um, whether it was that or um, um, a placebo effect or several Mm. other factors, it did sort of um, turn things around over time. So I... Yeah, and, and the more awesome. I learn I about hypnotherapy, I definitely want to try it. Yeah, it's it's really fascinating. So what I'm are, excited. I'm gonna. Tr- what if I do this hypnotherapy? Oh my god, and do from, it! From that point, from that point forward, feeling Asian. When you ask me how I feel, it's just I feel great. <laughs> I feel amazing. The end. The end. Thanks for. We're we'll be back up. next week <laughs> with feeling great with Brian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's like. It, it takes a big person to be able to be like, this is bigger than me and yeah. I need help. And I just feel like good, good for all of us for going to therapy. Seriously. <laughs> um, I have my first Japanese American, well, she's half Japanese American therapist. And um, wow, I, I'm so grateful that Asian therapists exist. That's amazing. Yeah. We had a therapist on here yeah. before. Yeah. She's, Rian, and she was talking about how it's like there's just cultural biases yeah that you don't have to right. explain stuff to them mm-hmm. yeah um but you know on a more positive note yumi we'd like to ask all of our guests this last question mm-hmm. and that is what is something that you're proud of what is something that i'm proud of um i think i'm proud of continuing to do my creative practice on my own terms um and mm. basically continuing to have as much autonomy as possible in my day to day and i feel like i had to overcome a lot of external and internal obstacles to get to where i am and to be happy with my current state however much it's an ongoing evolving work in progress so mm. i'm proud of where i am right this moment it's also so inspiring to see like an artist, you know, and your field is like difficult to find success and you like to see you do that on your own and have like freedom and the courage to do that. That's like amazing. Thank you. Um, can I ask both of you a question? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I know earlier we talked about how we're all sort of in that dopamine crazed ungrounded state of mind um understandably so because everything sucks right now um (laughs) but i'm curious um how do you desire to feel in the week ahead if you want to capture that in maybe like three words like what are three words that would describe how you desire to feel how do you want to feel in the next week okay so this is this is an interesting because I've never really thought about it, but to be honest with you, this is so weird. I am extremely happy with feeling a lot of fucking weird feelings all the time. Like I like the chaos of constantly being up and down and like feeling extremely sad and then extremely happy. So you're hoping to per- to keep that going in yeah, this next I'm like, week? Like, yeah, I feel like I'm happy with how I feel and I want to keep feeling this. That's awesome. I want to feel every moment. Mm. Like, is that weird? No. I don't think that's weird. I think that's healthy. This is a thing we've touched on. It's like 
that's just your baseline. I that's like what's it. comfortable to you. I like feeling it's extremely not a sad. Weird thing. That's and just, then, yeah. yeah. Also, yeah. I'm thinking like, ah, oh, that's so Gemini Moon. <laughs> really? I like it. I like feeling horrible, and then just like next second, I get like a fucking good DM, and I'm like back on top, baby. Yeah. I like being all over the place. Uh, uh, extending beyond this next week, I think for me, the words that come to mind are embraced. I think physically. I don't know. Like, these times where I like hook up with people, that's just something that's been missing, especially through quarantine. And it just feels really nice to just like have another person Aww. next to you yeah. and have that physical mm-hmm. intimacy. So embraced and... Um, at, at the core, I'm still a lawful person. So, uh, safe <laughs> is another word mm-hmm. where oh, I'm, in, I'm indulging, I'm indulging in these impulse in this impulsive side of me. But, um, you know, I think that's just my baseline is having that semblance of stability. So I want to feel embraced and safe in this next upcoming week. I love that. Damn. Thank that was crazy. I, l- I really liked that exercise. How about you? How do you desire to feel? I think I just want to have more fun. I, I miss I miss fun. Let's go. <laughs> I miss fun. fun. I miss fun. <laughs> this podcast was this this was fun though. Um talking to you guys. Aww. So we have fun talking to you. It's already starting. It's uh, the trend is already starting. Yeah, this we was had super fun great. With Yumi, yay. Yeah, and thanks for being so open on it. And I, and it, it is very inspiring to see your practice and your success as an artist on your own terms because and especially when being so vulnerable about these this hard shit that you've had to go go through to get here because so often when we when I see successful artists, they never talk about that kind of shit. It's always just like Seems like it's magic where it just mm-hmm. suddenly happens and it's been smooth <laughs> sailing all the way. And we all know that's not the reality. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Where, yeah, so where can our listeners find you and your work? So I'm most active on Instagram. It's just my first and last name, Yumi Sakugawa. That's probably where you're going to find me the most. Um, I do have an email newsletter that I never update, but I, I want to, <laughs> I want to change that. So, um, there's also that. So, and, and I do uh, meditation webinars about once or twice a month. So. Oh yeah. We definitely need it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Brian? Where can our listeners find you? You guys can find me on Instagram at it's Brian Park and yeah, I deleted my Twitter off my app. Wow. Ooh, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. What about you, young me? Um, you can find me on Twitter at YMMayor and Instagram <laughs> at YMMayor. I'm never deleting Twitter. Then I will have no life. <laughs> I don't have a life outside of Twitter. You got to perpetuate that chaos. Yeah. <laughs> and you guys can follow our podcast Instagram at Feeling Asian Podcast. And if you like the podcast, please consider donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash feelingasian. And shouts out to our wonderful sound engineer, Sarah Pack at I am underscore P-A-K-T, mm-hmm. impact. So if you're looking for a sound engineer, please hit her up uh, with your project. And I think that's it, Yumi, right? That's it. Thank you, Yumi. Thanks again, Yumi. Thank you for having me. This is so awesome.